always thankful for opportunity to stand behind any pulpit. I know these pastors don't take it lightly, and they know it's uh, their responsibility what's said behind every pulpit, and I don't take it lightly because I know I'm going to have to stand accountable to God for what I say, and I definitely don't want to say nothing that God wouldn't have me to say. If you would, let's take our Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 9 tonight. Mark chapter 9, we're going to begin reading in verse number 14. If you don't mind standing reading of honor of God's word. It says, And when he came to his disciples, and he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them, and straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What questions ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wherever, wherever so, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to the disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit teared him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long it is ago since this came upon him? And he saith, Of a child. And all times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and teared him sore and came out of him and was as one dead, insomuch that the people said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind cometh forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. And they departed thence and passed through Galilee, and he would not that any man should know uh, know it. Our Father in heaven, we come before you this evening. Lord, I ask you to help us, Father, as we break the bread of life. Lord, that you would show us through your word, Father, what you would have us to, Lord, maybe change in our life, Father. Lord, sometimes we're, we're hard on the disciples when we read about them, Father. But, Lord, we're no different than they are, Father. Lord, there's some things in our life, Father, that... Or we, we may ask you, Lord, why can't we do this? Lord, why, why don't we have the ability? Why don't we have the power to accomplish certain things in our life, Father? And Lord, I believe your word makes it clear, Lord, that Lord, there's some things that have to take place, Lord, in order for you to be able to, to work through us, Father. And Lord, we have to be, Lord, in the word of God. Lord, we have to be submitted to you. And Lord, I pray, Father, that you'd help us this evening. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So there are many churches today or many ways that people and churches, they, they try to measure their success, and especially in modern-day society, we look at different types of churches, and uh, they look at how big buildings are. They look at by how much money they take in. They look at uh, the crowds and the programs that they have or 
And, you know, some people even record and say how many souls that they have each month uh, saved. I guess you could say uh, what, what they would say. But the real measure of success is not by a building. It's not by how much money is taken in. It's not even by how many souls are being saved each month. I believe the real measure of a church's success is whether or not the church and even a Christian is operating in the power of God. Uh, you know, we're living in days where, I guess, ministerial, uh, ministerial uh, success is something that is posted and is popularized. And uh, if, if you're not successful by, quote, unquote, most church standards, then uh, you're not where you need to be with the Lord. But that's not it. There's a lot of churches today that they have all those things. They have the big signs. They have the big programs. But there is no power of God operating in most churches today. It's become social clubs. It's become where people can feel good about themselves and still go about their life every day and nothing be changed inside of their life. And that's not how God operates. If anybody has anything to do with God, you're going to leave from God a changed person. Uh, the Word of God says that. If you come as a lost man, you're going to leave changed uh, when you have an experience with God. There's going to be something different uh, about you. You can't go about your life as you once did and, uh, and, and do the things that you once did and get away with it and be truly a child of God. So God has different standards uh, than what this world has. And here in this passage, uh, we see that Jesus is trying to teach His disciples for, uh, to have some of the ingredients to have the power to be able to cast out these demons here. Uh, the disciples lacked that. They didn't have that at that time. Of course, Jesus wasn't down there with these nine. Uh, and the sad thing about all of this is the Father, when they came, Jesus came down there and said, what's going on? He said, I came to your disciples. I was looking for some help for my son. And he said, they could not. Some of the saddest words probably in the Bible. They could not help me. I was looking for some help, uh, and they could not help me. In other words, I guess when I read those words, I think of the word, powerless there was no power in your disciples and that was right they could not help him they did not give him any kind of help so Jesus begins to to go through why they failed why they lacked the spiritual power uh, that they were missing why they could not cast this demon out uh, and there's times in our life where there's been some opportunities that we've had to help folks uh, and we were not able to help those people because we weren't where we needed to be uh, in our life we didn't have the power of God operating in us and through us to be able uh, to help these people and Jesus goes on to show uh, their lack of spiritual power if you go back uh, in the verse uh, first 13 verses of this chapter Jesus is up on the mount uh, Peter, James, and John is there with him, and he's transfigured uh, uh, before their eyes. So these men are seeing some things that uh, nobody had ever seen before. They've seen the Son in His glory. Uh, uh, they've seen Him there with Moses and Elijah. They've seen all this taking place. Uh, I guess you can call it a mountaintop experience uh, is what they had. And these men were coming off that mountain, uh, and their brethren were down there trying to help this man uh, uh, and Jesus is saying, uh, here it is, he, he had a, uh, these men had a mountaintop experience, uh, but there's something going on in the valley. And if there's anything that any of us have learned uh, about being in church is that we better appreciate the mountaintop experiences. Because after the mountain, there's coming a valley. 
And we're all going to have to face those valleys. So here it is. They were up on the mountain experiencing the excitement. They were seeing the things that were happening. Uh, and yet these men were down here face to face with a, a demon. They were struggling in this demonic world. Some people, they want to try to live on the mountaintops. My friend, that's not uh, realistic. Uh, uh, you're going to have to face hard times. You're going to face low times in your life. Uh, and you got to realize it was God that was the same God that was on the the mountain is the same God that's down there in the valley with you. Uh, he's going to bring you through. The valley is what's going to make you the strongest. Uh, uh, that's what's going to improve your Christian life. That's going to put you to the test to see, am I really trusting God where I need to be trusting God uh, uh, with my life? So he's there, and these men were trying to prepare uh, themselves. They were trying to help this man, and he takes them down there, and he's going up, and he said, look, why can't you heal this son? What happened uh, uh, here and he began to talk to the man's father and said what's going on how long uh, uh, has this been happening and this man this man's language begins to describe that even now even present tense that his son was under demonic attack uh, uh, even as a little boy this 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 child faced uh, the possession of a demon that was trying to destroy him many times uh, and you can only imagine as a father how he felt uh, that he could not protect his son he was trying to take his son somewhere where he can get his son uh, uh, some help from this demon he wanted to, to get some relief and Jesus was a little bit frustrated uh, I guess you can say with everything what was going on down there because even the religious crowd uh, had showed up and they were there mocking the disciples and saying uh, I thought you were supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ uh, I thought your uh, master was the Messiah and they were mocking these disciples uh, because they could not cast this demon out. They had no power uh, to do this. And here it is, Jesus, in verse number 19, he just uh, begins to uh, express his disgust, I guess you can say. He says, O faithless generation, uh, how, long, uh, shall, how long shall I be with you? How long uh, shall I suffer uh, you uh, bring him unto me? Uh, uh, in other words, Jesus is saying, come on, man, uh, how long? long am I going to have to deal with this faithful, uh, faithlessness? How long am I going to have to put up with this? Uh, uh, the religious crowd wasn't trying to help the man or help the boy. Uh, uh, they was there just to try to find fault with Jesus and find fault with his disciples. Uh, uh, they weren't looking to help anybody. Uh, uh, they was there just to find fault. So uh, here it is. Jesus is expressing uh, uh, his disgust toward everyone that's there at the assembly. How much longer am I going to have to put up with this? How much longer uh, am I going to have to see this? It was a heartbreaking moment for Jesus to have to uh, see this. He just got done on the mountaintop uh, uh, of transfiguration being affirmed by his father. And here it is. Uh, he's getting ready to go back to the father's house, get ready to face the cross. Uh, and here it is. His disciples can't even uh, uh, cast this demon out can't help this father can't help uh, uh, this son and they seen Jesus perform many countless miracles uh, it's not that they didn't know how it's not that they hadn't never seen it before uh, if you go back in Mark chapter 6 and 7 uh, it shows that they had uh, cast out demons in the past uh, uh, but here the Bible says and they could not they didn't have no power uh, to do that so what does that mean for you and I well, well it's no 
no different than uh, uh, we are today. We, we have the reputation uh, uh, that we have power. Uh, when people come to a church house, most people are coming to get some help, uh, uh, whether it be uh, about salvation or, or they're going through struggles in their own life. People come to church to get some help uh, uh, from the Word of God uh, or just even being by the people of God. How many times have you come to church? Uh, you may not have been feeling all that great or feeling all that well uh, uh, but when you got around God's people you got around the word of God uh, the singing of God it made you feel a whole lot better uh, inside you may not have felt better physically but it was just something about being uh, around God's people that helped you out uh, and got you some help uh, on the inside see the modern church has everything it needs to exist uh, uh, they got money they got buildings uh, they got organizations they got skilled people in the pulpits they got skilled singers uh, uh, but here it is people come from streets uh, and they sit in our church houses or, or they even around us at work uh, and at school and places like that uh, uh, and they ain't getting no help uh, from me and from my life uh, uh, because there is no power of God operating inside the church house anymore or even inside the life of Christians that's exactly what happened to these men. Uh, uh, they've been around uh, the God of the mountain. They've been around Jesus. They've seen the miracles. Uh, uh, they, they knew what it took, but yet uh, they had no power of God operating in them. Most churches, they're about uh, a mile wide and an inch deep. Everybody, oh man, they, there's something. You, know, you, th you take Venture Church, for example, up there in Wiggins where we are. Man, it's packed out. You go there, there's people there, and, and you can't find a place to get in the parking lot. Why do people flock to these places? But yet here it is, their lives are not changed. Man, they go inside the church house, they come out, and they live like hell itself. How is that possible? God is not going to allow that to happen. If you're truly a child of God, and you go out and you live in sin... God is going to chastise you. God is going to bring the rod upon your life. He's not going to allow me or you to go out there and ruin His name and ruin His testimony and ruin the work of God without there being some kind of consequences from the sin in my life and in your life. These churches have no power. We have no power. The buildings are there. Everything, you know, we're here it is. We're on the side of the, uh, of the highway, most churches. When people drive by, this ought to be a place where they say, I can get some help there. I know I can go there and get some help. People, when they drop by just visiting, people ought to leave and say, I got some help. I got some help out of the Word of God. I got some help by being around God's people, but yet too many times people come in and there is no difference between us and the world. There is no difference in, in them going to an AA meeting somewhere. And that's sad because there's no power of God operating in our life. Uh, in other words, in most churches, if when people come into a church, it's saying, if you need God, we can help you. We can get you help. If your life is broken, we can show you how God can fix it. If your family's coming apart, we can show you how God can help you get your family back together. If you're lost and on the devil's hell, we can show you by the Word of God how you can get help, how you can get saved, how you can be born again. Uh, uh, but most of the time, the people that are around us, they see our lives and they don't see no kind of change. Uh, they don't see no kind of power of God operating in our lives and they don't come to us because uh, 
They say, I can't get no help from them. Uh, uh, I don't see any different in their life than in my life. And that's terrible uh, that we have given God that reputation and people can't see the power of God operating in my life and operating in your life and operating uh, in our churches. People don't care about church anymore. People don't care about coming to the house of God. You know, here it is, we're supposed to be living a victorious life. That's what Christians are known for. We have, we're supposed to have victory in our life. God has given us the victory. Thanks be unto God which hath given us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. That word victory means to have the advantage or superiority gained over spiritual enemies, over passions and appetites or over temptations or any struggle or, or, or competition. But here it is, people don't see victory in my life. People don't see victory in your life. And they say God has no power because their life is not changed. Most churches have Baptists on the sign. Now that don't mean what it used to mean at one point in time. And it's sad to say that. But I believe it still does stand for something. I believe that it ought to stand for something. It ought to mean that we're committed to preaching and teaching and sharing the word of God. It ought to mean that the Word of God is the final say-so. It ought to mean God, the Word of God is the final authority in my life and in your life. It ought to, we ought to be glad to say that we're Baptists. We ought to be glad to say uh, that we're committed to a sovereign God, that we're for biblical separation, and that we're not trying to be like the world, that we're obligated to have personal holiness in my life and, and in your life. But people don't want that no more. That's why people go to the churches that they go to. They can go and feel comfortable in the lifestyle that they're living. They don't want the preacher preaching in the power of God about how you're supposed to live, about how you're supposed to have standards and convictions in your life. Uh, uh, you might not have had them before you got saved, but as God begins to grow you and grow me, there ought to be some changes taking place in my life and in your life uh, because the power of God ought to be operating inside of us each and every day. Uh, so the Word is a promise to the world that we're unique, we're different, and we're real. But people don't see real Christians no more, so they can't get no kind of help. Uh, and then the word church is on most signs, a called out assembly. We're called out people. We're called out to be different, called out to live uh, a different life. Uh, uh, we're not to be a social club. We're not to be an organization. We're to be a church. Uh, uh, we're here to represent God. We're to be ambassadors for Christ. Uh, but nobody wants to stand up and be different anymore. Nobody wants to say, I got the power of God operating. But if we are, it's going to be in truth. It's going to be in the Word of God. So most churches lack genuine spiritual power. We go through the motions. We come in. We have good singing. We have a good sermon. We go home and our lives are never affected. Never changed. We're powerless. Just like the disciples were. They could not. That's a terrible thing for have to say, and they could not. May it never be said of me, may it never be said of you, may it never be said of this church that they could not, that I could not get no help from those people. And then we see the Lord of spiritual power. Well, I'm thankful that even though sometimes we can't do nothing, God can still do something. Look with me in verse number 19. It says, He answers him, 
And saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. So Jesus hears the story from this father. And he begins to command that the boy be brought to him. He said, I, I want to see this boy. And as soon as the boy gets there, the demon that's inside of him, he recognizes uh, who he's coming to face. He recognized uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this demon begins to grip this child and take over this child. And here it is. He begins to fall to the ground, convulsing, begins to, to foam out of the mouth. And it, it's just a pitiful scene for everybody that's around there. No doubt, uh, as I said, this father had probably seen it many times. Uh, and, and, and he's trying to overcome. Jesus is trying to help this father overcome his lack of faith uh, uh, that he's having here. And Jesus begins to, to answer some questions, ask some questions. He begins to question this man about how long this was taking place in his son's life. And he said ever since he was a little boy, uh, uh, the demon would try to make him come into the fire that he destroy himself. Or, or the demon would even try to to drown him in water. Here it is. You and I, we're living in a demonic possessed world. Uh, whether we like to think about it or not, uh, uh, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against uh, uh, principalities and powers in the air, uh, uh, things that we can't see with these eyes. That's what we're here to fight against. Uh, and, and they're still here today. These demons are in our world. Uh, it don't take much. You turn on the TV for five seconds, you can see uh, who the prince and the power of the areas. You see who's in control. Uh, uh, you turn in on any kind of news media. You listen to the radio. You see the state of our, our, uh, of our country and you, and you realize that we're living in a world that's possessed by demons. And yet here it is. There's churches everywhere. And they could not. Why has not our churches had an effect on this world? But the world has had an effect on our churches. The world has done infiltrated the church and got into the church house. And the church is not what it meant many years ago. His father cried out. He said, if thou can do anything, have compassion and help us. It is a pitiful plea. But man, this father, look, he trusted disciples of Jesus and they couldn't help him. And now his faith even kind of failed in Jesus because... The disciples served Jesus. They said if his disciples can't do anything, maybe the master can't do anything. And that's what happens. When we don't have an effect on this world, when people don't see the power of God operating in my life and in your life, they begin to doubt the master. They begin to doubt God. And here it is, this man, he said, if thou canst do anything. And, and look, man, he, Jesus hears these words and immediately he responds to this man. In other words, he, he begins to say, what do you mean if thou canst? <laughs> do you realize who you're talking to? <laughs> do you realize I am of the Lord God? I am the Messiah. I'm the one. He said, all things are possible if thou canst believe. Uh, if you just got a little bit of faith, God can work with it. Uh, uh, God said he can do something if you 
have a little bit of faith. So he rebukes this man. And this man says, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Probably one of the most, uh, 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 most I don't want to say humble things, but most honest things uh, that anybody has ever said in their life. Uh, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Lord, I believe that you can do something, but there's inside, something inside of me well, that's preventing me from do that, doing that. Lord, help me in those areas that I'm weak. And Jesus commands the Spirit to, uh, to leave this boy, to get out. And, of course, as the onlookers were there, they began to assume this boy was dead. But Jesus slips down and picks him up. And that's what Jesus does, my friend. It looks like you're dead. looks like it's over with. But yet he reaches down and he pulls us up. Well, how many of us were dead in trespasses and sin? Uh, but yet he pulled us out of the miry clay and set my feet on a solid rock and established my goings. I'm thankful for the things that God has done. I'm thankful for the power of God in my life, uh, uh, for the times that God has saved me, uh, and God, for the times that God has helped me get over sin in my life, that I've seen the power of God operating in there, and I want that back again. I want to have the power of God operating like it ought to be in me, in the church that I'm at. I want it operating in you. I want it operating in this church uh, uh, because there's souls that need to be saved. Uh, there's people that's lost and dying and going to hell. I don't want my kids going to a church where there is no power of God uh, because I want them to get saved one day. I want them to come face to face with the God of glory and I want them to kneel down and surrender their life to Him uh, uh, but there's got to be some power operating in our churches for that to happen. See, a powerless church portrays Christ in a bad light. Because the disciples lacked power, the Father assumed that Jesus lacked power too. And then we see that weak faith is better than no faith at all. See, if we just got a little bit of faith, God can at least work with that. He was able to at least work with this faith of the Father. He was able to help His Son. He was able to do something there, but if we have no faith at all, there is no, the door closes. God can't do anything in our lives. Matthew 17, 20, it says, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto thee, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall move, say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Talking to the disciples. How many times have we let our faith just almost get to zero because of what's going on in the world? We wonder why God hadn't done anything, why this hadn't happened, why is this taking place? We begin to question everything, but we forget who's in control sometimes. We get our eyes off the Lord, and we get our eyes on, the, like I said, the president, the, the political parties, whatever's going on, and we get down. It don't take long to get down when you get your eyes off Jesus. We got to keep our eyes on him. And then Jesus is still in the lifting up business. Pulling sinners out of hell. Pulling those who've messed their life up. That's one thing I could say I like about old Peter. Peter messed up big. But God said your failure is not final son. He said I got a work for you to do. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. See there's a work for us all to do. Yeah we mess up from time to time. But God's given us 1 John 1 9. I'm thankful for that. Look, when we mess up, get it right. Get back into the work of God. And then we see the lesson of spiritual power. So after everything's over with, everybody's left. This man had got some help, but the disciples, they wanted to know. 
Lord, what happened? Why could we not cast this demon out? And Jesus begins to tell them, and he gives them some simple answers. Verse number 29, he said, he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Now, as I read those verses, I began to think, what is he trying to say here? Prayer and fasting. So should we just always be praying, always be fasting? Well, prayer is a state of close communion with the Lord. See, if, you're not, if I'm not right with God and you're not right with God, you can hit your knees all day long, but you're not communion with God. You're not talking to God. Because sin is going to break down the communication line. There is no communion with God. My prayer life, your prayer life says everything about it. If we're not praying like we ought to be, if my prayer life is not where it needs to be, I have no power of God. Fasting, it speaks of a life of total submission and surrender to the Lord, a disciplined Christian life. Too many Christians, they come in church and they think, this is all, this is it. Church is where they get fed at. Sundays, Wednesdays, and there's nothing in between. And here it is, we come in from time to time running on empty because we have no kind of spiritual discipline in our life. We take no time to seek God on our own, to read and pray and study the Word of God. It takes discipline. It, it takes denying yourself. It takes giving up some things. It takes putting aside some things and saying, I can't do this because it's taking time away from God. I've always thought about it like this, and you could take it however you want to. I'm not saying this is Bible, but, you know, here it is. God says, uh, you know, we're to give tithes and offerings, but how many of us give a tithe of our time? Oh, that's two and a half hours a day. Not many. Not many. The Bible said Daniel prayed three times a day. Men of God in the Bible, they had time set aside to meet with God. That takes this, that takes giving some things up. That takes denying. Look, I'm not a morning person. Man, it's best to start the day off with the Lord. It's the best to pray and read the Word of God. Get your day started off right. So here it is. He said, this cannot go by, out by, by, by prayer and fasting. These men weren't where they needed to be. They weren't communing with God. See, they had all, I guess you could say they believed. They, they believed or else they wouldn't have tried. They knew what it took. They tried. They, they tried to get this demon out, but their problem was I think they was believing in the wrong thing. I think they were believing in what they had done in the past. I think they would say, well, this is what we did before, and this is how we need to go about it again instead of saying, I need the power of God. I know I have to have Christ in my life in order for this to happen. See, as human beings, we always try to look for that specific formula. And we try to recreate things in our life for them to happen over and over again. But God does not operate in that way. God operates by us trusting and putting our faith in Him and saying, Lord, I might not understand how this is going to happen. I might not know, but I'm fully trusting in You uh, to operate in my life. And we have to have that to have the power of God. Believing in the wrong thing. Believing in the wrong person. Uh, you know here it is. Uh, this world. 
they want to try to put their faith in everything but the Lord Jesus Christ. Or they try to add to it and say, well, it's got to be this and this. No, my friend, it's Jesus and Jesus only. And even after we get saved, if I'm going to do anything, it's not going to be my power or your power. It's still going to be by Him and Him alone that I can only do the work of God and have the power of God operating uh, uh, like I'm supposed to. Uh, uh, they, see, look with me. Turn it with me over here in Acts chapter 19 and verse number 13. Acts chapter 19 and verse number 13. You see these people, they seen what Paul was doing and they thought, hey boy, we can do the same thing. We, can, we might can make some money uh, off of this. Acts chapter 19 and in verse number 13. The Bible says this. It says, Many of them also, which use curious arts, uh, brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Uh, so mightily grew the word of God, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. And after these things uh, were in it, Paul purposed in the spirit uh, when he had passed through Macedonia, Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. I don't think I'm in the right scriptures, but anyway, here I'm thinking about over there were those sons of Sceva. They thought that they could go over there and they could cast out those demons, and they begin to try to cast out those demons. Uh, and they said, uh, and they try to cast them out by the Lord's name. And they said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but I don't know who you are. Uh, and the demon uh, attacked them and uh, took their clothes and ran them out of there. And so many people, they try to go through uh, the rituals. They try to go through the ceremonies because they think that's what gives them the power uh, to operate inside of, the, uh, inside of God, uh, through God. Uh, uh, but here it is, that's not how it works. We're just to trust in Him, put our faith in Him, uh, uh, that God can operate in us and through us that we might have the power. Uh, so we need to pray. we got to get back to pray. And I'm referring to that uh, uh, seeking God's face, seeking God's will. The old timers called it praying through. Uh, uh, the old timers wouldn't pray until they felt like they had an answer from God. Uh, I'm talking about two, three hours, maybe even. I've heard uh, uh, my pastor give the example of his dad uh, even praying all night to the morning light. Uh, and he'd come back in there and say, It's going to be all right, son. Uh, uh, God has given us an answer. Uh, we prayed and we feel like God's going to take care care of this and God's going to handle these things. Uh, uh, there ain't too many churches that got an old fashioned altar anymore or just have an old fashioned altar call where people come down here and get on their face before God and they get real with God uh, and they pray for the power of God to fall because you know why we don't want the power of God? It's going to reveal some things uh, in my life. It's going to reveal some things in your life that need to be changed uh, uh, so people are scared to hit their knees and seek God in his power. Uh, the Bible commands us to pray. Uh, he said that we ought to pray everywhere, uh, uh, lifting up holy hands. Uh, uh, we, we, we're to pray without ceasing as the word of God has said. And he promised to hear our prayers is the thing about it. Uh, uh, so we can get an answer. We can get some things from God. But most of us don't hit our knees and pray to God and ask him for the answers. Ask him for the power. Uh, and genuinely feel a praying with the word of God uh, we, want, we just want things to happen without even asking God for them God wants us to pray He commanded us to pray then we got to surrender our life 
God can't bless our churches because they're not separated from the world anymore. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 17. It says, Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. He said, don't be like the world. There ought to be a difference in my life. There ought to be a difference in your life. Not supposed to be looking like the world, living like the world. We're supposed to have a place that brings honor and glory to God. We're supposed to have a life that brings honor and glory to Him. We just need to become totally dependent on the Lord for everything again. And there's too many times we're dependent on everything and everybody but the Lord. Man, we think certain preachers are going to bring revival. We think this and that. We think, oh, you know, here it is. We put our faith in the man to say this. He's going to make things right. No. If anything is going to change, it's got to be coming from the Lord. I'm trusting in the Lord to make a change. I'm trusting in Him to complete His will. Might not understand it. Uh, it's funny, you know, we've, Jason, he knows who the president is and stuff like that. And he said, why is he the president? If nobody likes him, why is he the president? <laughs> he don't understand. And sometimes I don't understand, but I have to tell myself that he's in there because God has allowed him to be in there. He's in there because God has set him up for a reason, for a purpose. And I might not know what it's for, but God has a purpose for that man being in there. So what can we do? We can't do nothing without him. And that's what God told him. He said, without me, you can do nothing. We just got to fall in love with Jesus again. You know, a lot of people go over there to Revelation. And they preach about the Laodicean church. But man, you think about the church at Ephesus. They left their first love. When you read about them, they never quit serving God. They never quit doing the things of God. They were busy. They were a busy church. But they left God out of everything that they were doing. They forgot their first love. Is it very possible that even in this day and time that churches could be busy? You, people look at that church, man, they got all kind of things. They're doing all kind of things for the Lord. But here it is, we forgot God. We forgot our first love. And when we forget our first love, there's no more power. I'm not talking about gimmicks and gadgets. We don't need that. They, there's churches all around that have that. If you've got to use gimmicks and gadgets to get them in, you're going to have to use gimmicks and gadgets to keep them. If they can't take the preaching of the Word of God, then they just don't, they don't need to be here. I hate to say it like that, but because if anything's going to happen, even in the life of Christians or the life of lost people, it's going to come through the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. Never let it be said of me. Never let it be said of you. And they could not. What a tragic statement. When people come to North Spoon Church, they ought to be able to get some help. When they're around me, when they're around you, they ought to be able to get some help. Not even in a church setting, but some things ought to happen. Some things ought to take place where they say, I know I can come to you and talk to you, and I can get some help. But if the power of God is not operating in my life and not operating in your life, it cannot and they will not get no help. Pastor, as you come and give the invitation.